Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history, and welcome to the portal of Rose Bowl history, as we're going to talk about a very interesting game that occurred in 1934 as the 20th Rose Bowl game. But before we get to that game, let's make sure that you know how to send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you about the Rose Bowl history, any of these episodes we have coming out, any questions for any of our guests or how to get in touch with them, or you know, maybe uh, a link to how to get their books if you don't know how to find that, if you're not seeing it in our show notes or on pigskindispatch.com. A real easy way to do it, to get in touch with us, it's pigskindispatch at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. We'll answer each and every email, and we appreciate the feedback. Now for the game. Now, how do you upset a favorite in a big game? Maybe create turnovers. Well, getting a tough Stanford squad to cough up the ball is precisely what Columbia coach Lou Little did in putting together a great defensive game plan and he got a little bit of help from Mother Nature, too, as we'll talk about in a moment. The Lions were heavy underdogs. They played strong defense and forced multiple fumbles to end some Stanford drives during the game. Stanford was undefeated, while the Lions had suffered a single loss on the season to a rival. It was Fritz Chrysler's Princeton Tigers. Now, Princeton uh, did not and accept the invitation to go to the game. So Columbia went in their stead as representing the East in this game that was uh, East versus West for many years. The game was played on January 1st, 1934. Had a sparse crowd of only 35,000, which were entertained in a low-scoring slug match. The 20th edition of the game had the lowest attendance in Rose Bowl game history since the Rose Bowl Stadium was built in 1922. And... You may ask, well, why is that? Well, there was a couple of reasons that led up to this. Uh, first of all, the Great Depression was in full swing. People didn't have the finances to travel to Southern California if they didn't live there, uh, especially the teams traveling from the east, let alone if they did live in the area to be able to afford a game ticket. They were just trying to find enough uh, money to, to feed their families and keep a roof over their head. The second factor was the heavy rainfall 
in California in the days leading up to the big game attributed to the low attendance as well. There have been three straight days of deluge rain from the Pacific Ocean just pouring all over California. There was another game played that same day up in San Francisco and they had the same thing, a very waterlogged field from days and days of torrential rain. The Boston Globe described the field conditions at the Rose Bowl on December 31st, the day prior, as being, quote, a large damp body of water with a few miscellaneous bits of lumber sticking out at each end, end quote. Of course, they were referring to the goalposts sticking out, which were made of wood at the time. But that's how the field was totally underwater. Uh, you know, I'm getting the picture from what I'm reading in newspapers.com and some of these great accounts that it was just water is all that could be seen. You couldn't see any grass at all in the field. Now, the field condition improved a little bit in 24 hours with the help of the local Pasadena Fire Department. The rescue team sent their equipment to the stadium and used their large pumps to extract water from the playing surface. But the sod was still soggy. In uh, a pretty sloppy track as the rain was still continuing even on game day. This may have leveled out the virtual playing field as the Stanford Cardinal was considered by many to be the superior team. It was hard to keep one's footing and the gain leverages against their opponents. And the contest came down to one historic drive. The swamp of a field rendered the game scoreless after the first quarter had expired. And just into the second period, the Lions found their footing with the ball on the Stanford 17-yard line. Columbia quarterback Cliff Montgomery has a near-perfect execution of a well-timed trick play called this KF-79. In this play, Montgomery would turn and slip the ball to back Al Barabbas. For this play, he would then abruptly fake another handoff to Ed Brominski, who ran in the opposite direction of Barabbas. While the Indians went for Montgomery and Bromsky, Barabbas scooted around the defensive flank to score for Columbia, and with the PAT successful, the Lions had a 7-0 lead. Well, Stanford was a good team and still had the crew of the Val Boys, the, the group of guys that took an oath to, so, to each other so as not to lose to USC during their careers at Stanford. Well, they kept that promise and accomplished that mission, but were trying to figure out a way through the opponents of the Columbia defense and the gushy Rose Bowl turf. That was a whole different matter that they made no promises for. The stars of the Indians did play well, though it was tailback Bobby Grayson ended up totaling 152 yards on 28 carries, the main workhorse for Stanford. But Columbia kept him out of the end zone and held on and led their, under their lead and won the game 7 to nothing. The victory was one of the most significant upsets in Rose Bowl history. Cliff Montgomery was chosen as a retroactive uh, in 1953 as the game's most valuable player. Columbia coaches Lou Little uh, raised his standing as the Lions' greatest coach thus far in the school's history. And in an ironic twist, Col the Columbia upset and derailing of Stanford's perfect season afforded the national championship to be retroactively given to Princeton by most experts. The Rose Bowl and the appearance by Columbia may be the last time an Ivy League school would win and possibly even play in a postseason game, according to a recent talk 
we had with Harvard football historian Dick Friedman. So just a lot of different things coming out of this game. Very historic, uh, very unprecedented with the weather, very you know big with an upset, and you know nobody expected Columbia to come all the way out there and win, and when they did. Um, but the weather and great strategy using what they had, uh, perfect execution of a, a great trick play that was well-timed are certainly some reasons to remember this game that happened back in 1934 and counted as the 20th game called the Rose Bowl. Hope you enjoyed this little bit of football and Rose Bowl history. Hope you'll tune in tomorrow and for the weeks to come because we still have a lot of Rose Bowl history to cover. If you've missed any episodes, don't worry. We have them saved. They're at your favorite podcast provider under Pigskin Dispatch. Or you can go to pigskindispatch.com or the sportshistorynetwork.com and catch up on all these episodes you may have missed. You know, we have been doing this uh, since the, the, right after Thanksgiving, and we're going all the way to game day of 2023. And so there's going to be more than 40 episodes, probably almost 50 episodes by the time it's all said and done. Because we're talking, uh, you know, one or two episodes every day for 40 days. That's quite a bit of lot of Rose Bowl history. We're going to try to cover each and every one of the 108 that have been played so far and uh, some of the other aspects of the Rose Bowl Stadium that I think you'll be entertained with as well. So tune in each and every day. And until tomorrow, have a great Gridiron Day. We have a great offer on some free audiobooks that we're giving away this month through December 15th on Spies of the Sideline, the highest stakes world of NFL espionage by Kevin Bryant. He has given us two audiobooks to give away. We're going to do that by determining uh, our listeners that are most loyal, uh, people that are going to our newsletter the most often, signing up for our newsletter, emailing us, and DMing us on both Facebook and Twitter at Pigskin Dispatch on both of those. Also, we want to make sure you are aware that the hardcover copy of the spies on the sidelines the high stakes world of nfl espionage by kevin bryant is available uh, as a great christmas gift you can buy it at amazon barnes and noble books a million and walmart and uh, great stocking stuffer for that football fan in your life make sure you get a copy for christmas today we're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker it's fourth and long we're gonna have to punt the ball and get on out of here but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines so be sure to tune in We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. PigskinDispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history. 
through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network. 